ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies broadcast brought to you by Adoption at Heart. It's season five, it's episode five, all the fives today. My name is Luke Hatfield. I'm joined by a man who I was shocked to see partake in press food, which I must admit was was slightly on the different side at the Hawthorns on Saturday. Mr. Joe Massey. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. I'm pretty hungry. You're pretty hungry. Um, it's, this is like role reversal today, because normally it's me that's like a bit frantic and a bit like saying, we've only got, we've only got an hour, Luke. We've only got an hour. We've got to get done an hour. I've got so much on. Mm. But this morning, that is you. It is me. I've got you are so, so busy. I'm just, I'm just so busy, mate. Just so, so busy. We're racing to see Valerian Ishmael at 1.30, aren't we? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I will be racing. Um, and you haven't had breakfast this morning, you just told me, which I haven't either. I've raced into the office in Ketley in Shropshire to come and do this podcast because my kids are at home and there was no way we were going to get this done if they were there. Mm. Uh, but I haven't had breakfast, but I don't feel like that's a very big deal for me. But you're already talking about food. That's your go-to, isn't it? Go-to it for banter. Go-to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you haven't had breakfast. I oh, know, I mean, it is a big deal for me. I mean, people will be listening to this saying they skip breakfast all the time. It just doesn't happen to me. It's not a thing. You savour every meal, don't you? Every meal is important to me. <laughs> Some would say too important, mate, to be honest. Yeah, I over-prioritise food. But at the end of the day, if you don't eat, mate, you die. <laughs> That's what happens. Ultimately, if you don't eat, you die. And I, I enjoy partaking in food. But what did you make of the press food at Albion? It was, it was, a, it was a lovely... It was like a, a beef... Like a pulled beef brisket chilli. Yeah. Um, but you turned down the veg, which was bizarre. Yeah, you're so dramatic about things, aren't you? But yeah, I did. T- I don't know why I turned down the veg. It was a weird moment. I, I thought I saw. I thought I saw what it was, but it wasn't that. Um, I love how this is so rushed that literally all you've got for the banter section is press food, isn't it? You really want to talk about that press food? Oh no, I've got something else. Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, mate. For everyone listening, I mean, this is the big news. Forget transfers. We had. Um, we had. A, was it? What was it? A beef brisket on rice. Yeah, it's like a beef brisket chili with rice. With um, they're like a couple of like larger, uh, almost like Doritos tortilla chips, and then yeah. some like root vegetables. I wouldn't say it was like a chili. It wasn't very spicy. It did say chili. You're absolutely right, but it it wasn't very spicy, was it? No, it which works for me. I'm not a massive fan of too much spice in my chili. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say on it. It was a it was a fairly okay meal. I, I always have people asking me to rate it on Twitter when I post it on Twitter because that's what that's the type of guy I am. The moment I do, eat do food, you have like, people ask you to do that? Or do you just have two or three people ask you to do that well, and you absolutely jump on it because you love it? Two or three is people. It's not person. It's plural. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I don't have a. I don't have swathes of people asking <laughs> me. I'll admit that. But I, I gave it a seven point five. Oh, I'm surprised you gave it that high. 7.5 for me is like, it's good, enjoyable, but not like mind-blowing. Solid. Exactly. That's the perfect word for it. Solid. Be- better than Kenneth Sahor's performance. <laughs> oh, that was nasty. I didn't need Shots to do that. Did I? I did not need to do that, did I? That was really mean. I don't normally say things like that on a podcast. My that was word. Mean. That was mean. That was mean. I just... Yeah, we need to get going, don't we? We need to talk about Albion. We do. One more banter piece. I've thrown it forward. You have, but I'm going to drag it back. Okay. Um, I need to be more careful of what I wear in future to games. Otherwise, oh, I just, I just I get slammed. Ah, oh, I was going to bring this up. We're going with this now, are we? Well, it's gonna... the banter section. 
Oh, mate, you looked immaculate on Saturday, I've got to say. You looked worn... absolutely beautiful. I was wearing jeans and a jumper, man. You're wearing jeans and a white jumper, which you wore, which you coordinated. I know you coordinated. I know you planned this with your EFL um, lanyard. Lanyard, is that the word? So you were wearing blue and white stripes. Now, dare I say it, your top looked more like an Albion top than Albion's top. No, no. It was perfect. It was just stripes. They were there. They were perfect. You look beautiful. You seem so happy in it. You seem so happy in it. There was the goals were going in. You were giving it the big goal tweets, weren't you? You were loving it, mate. Yeah, but I mean, I I really wish there was a video of my reactions to Albion's goals, but also um, the goals going in at Vicarage Road. I know you didn't care, did you? you oh no, so I cared about no, goal. no. Don't lie to the people. There are there are people who listen to this and expect the truth, and you you're you're just you're giving an unadulterated lies. Honestly, I was I was in a right mood at, at three points in that in that ninety minutes. Do you know what we said before? Nineteen twenty season, you basically ended it as an Albion fan. I will concede you weren't you didn't end completed your journey. You didn't complete your journey. I will concede that, but you were sort of I'd say eighty five percent of the way there. I, I lost you last season. I know I lost you. I know I've, I've, I've admitted that all along. You weren't you weren't coming to games. It was dreadful in the Premier League. It was. I get it. I lost you. I, I knew I'd get you back this season. I knew this season would be the season I got you back and you'd complete your journey. I genuinely wasn't expecting you on the first home game of the season to be wearing blue and white stripes and to be doing goal tweets. That, mate, even took me by surprise. Come on. That's a quick. That's a quick turnaround, mate. At what quick. point? At what point do you wake up from this dream? Why are you wearing a top with blue and white stripes? Honestly, I wore a white jumper. Um, and your and your lanyard I gave did, you blue and white stripes. Honestly, I didn't even think about the lanyard and the fact mate, that I was wearing jeans. You can't claim that as blue. They're jeans. No, I'm not on about your jeans. I'm on about the blue and white stripes <laughs> of your top. Mate, I'm not this is the thing. It. This is the thing. You didn't think about it. I know you didn't, but your subconscious did. <laughs> it's telling you. And then the goal tweet, mate. I mean, come on. Come on. Might What's as well wrong with taken... getting excited about your work? You might as well have taken your Albion top off and started swinging it around your head. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, we're definitely moving on now. I'm throwing this forward. By Christmas, it's game over, isn't it, for Villa? For you. Don't be silly, man. <laughs> Come on, throw it forward. Oh, West I wish Ham. I said that Kenneth's a whore thing now. I feel really bad about <laughs> Hopefully Big Ken doesn't listen. Um, West Brom 3, Luton 2. Uh, how bonkers was that? Ah, oh, man. Bonkers, 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 bonkers. So, like, I, I came away from that game with just more questions and answers, really. Mm. Um, and there aren't, there are questions that I can't answer. I mean... I think we have to say, I think it's okay to say that Valerian Ishmael's style of football is extreme. I think Val Ball, in inverted commas, Mm. is genuinely an extreme style of football. Yeah. What I kind of want to know is, because of the injury picked up to Jordan Clark, who thankfully is now out of hospital and well and truly on the mend. Yeah. Was that an extreme game? for an extreme system was it even more extraordinary um, and I think that's the answer we're all sort of I think that's the question we're all asking and and, and the other questions I'm asking from it are can Albion 
genuinely play like that all season. Mm. Because Ismail was adamant afterwards that it wasn't fatigue, that they didn't blow up. Yeah. Well, well, look, I'm happy to be proved wrong, but I thought they blew up. I mean, I, I thought they were... I mean, look, the game went on for 106 minutes. Ismail's reasoning was they couldn't get... When, that you said to me, I think you said to me, actually, when we were coming out of the ground, did you say that if, you, if you're going to do a run, if you're going to run for X amount of time, 40 minutes or whatever, yeah. and you do 20 minutes and then you stop yeah. for 15, it's very hard to regroup and hit that same speed again. Yeah, see, I had that exact issue um, running. I was running a half marathon and I had to tie my shoelace. But, you know, when, you, when your shoelace isn't quite untied but isn't quite tied, so it's like it's all knotted, and you're there for like three minutes trying to sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I ended up doing, and then I tried to get started again. I couldn't. I was dying. So, I mean, that is genuinely interesting to me, because I'm in no way near anywhere shaped to run a half marathon. Me neither, mate. <laughs> oh, you're doing which, all right, mate. No, which made it even worse. You had your veg with your meal the other day. Yeah, yeah. I, I had my veg, but I also I also tucked into a KFC afterwards. Nice. <laughs> um, so maybe maybe that is what happened. Maybe everyone know, I'm sure we don't everyone knows what happened at the game by now it's Tuesday. There's a big stoppage for Jordan Clark. Ismail said that basically Albion never never recovered from that stoppage. Mm. Um and yeah, the truth is they, they didn't really, did they? I mean, they did score the third goal after that, after that stoppage, pretty pretty soon after that stoppage, it has to be said. Yeah. Um, I think that goal came in minute 66. Yeah, which, something like that. Which was obviously like, yeah, so minute 66, which was basically like minute 50, really, because of all the stoppages. But anyway, that came in minute 66. L- Luton pulled their first goal back in minute 70. Mm. Um. And you have to say that was that goal, as a mistake from Connor Townsend, it has to be said. So that that analysis needs to come into it. What would have happened if Connor Townsend hadn't made that mistake? Would Albion have just cruised to a three 0 win? I think there is every chance of that. Mm. But there is no doubt that from minute seventy to minute one hundred and six, Albion, who were outstanding, they were outstanding in the first half and to minute seventy. We're not being extreme. They were genuinely blew Luton away. There was only one team in it. They were 3-0 up. They were so comfortable. Yeah, played them off the park completely. They played them off the park. They could have, they, If they were 5-0 up, and people say things like that all the time, but if they were 5-0 up, it wouldn't have flattered them. They had they had genuinely battered them. Mm. But then, Luton absolutely battered Albion. Yeah. Battered them for, tw- for, for about half an hour, really, when you think of how much stoppage time was played. And Sam Johnston has made a massive save at 3-1 just before they made it 3-2. And let's be honest, Albion were clinging on, weren't they? Albion were clinging on for that win. If I think, what would you, if that game had gone on 10 more minutes, Luton would have drawn it, wouldn't they? Drawn it all, wouldn't it? Um, Which is such an incredible turnaround when the only one, I just want to like reiterate it again. Albion weren't good for 70 minutes. They weren't very good for 70 minutes. They were outstanding for 70 minutes. And then they were completely under the cosh. Like just completely under the cosh. Ignore that. What is that? It's my phone. 
an interesting, interesting noise. So it's on silent, so it's just on vibration, but it's like a do 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 do. Yeah, it's like yeah, bass. yeah, really rapid. Um, so extreme game of football. To sum up, really, uh, we're playing extreme football all season. It feels like that was particularly extreme. The questions I can't answer from it are: What would have happened if Jordan Clark hadn't had that injury? What would have happened if Connor Townsend hadn't made that mistake? Which, let's be honest, Connor Townsend was really unlucky. His clearance was charged down. The ball could have literally gone anywhere. It just it happened was... to fall to the, to the strike. Yeah, it just, I mean, it literally could have gone anywhere, couldn't it? It could have easily gone in the crowd. It could have easily gone behind the goal. It could, but it fell at the feet of Harry Cornick, who just had a, had a, couldn't miss, really. Mm. And can, can Albion genuinely play at that pace all season? That's yeah. the big one for me. I mean... Spoke to someone on the phone after the game, and he and he was like, "If we're not up by March, we're we're in trouble because yeah. we're gonna like, we're just gonna be we're just not gonna be able to play at that intensity for the whole season." Um, but we'll see, we'll see. They're, they're supremely fit, apparently. Um, well, they are supremely fit. There's no apparently about it, but yeah, it was just it was mind-boggling how extreme the. The shift in the game was Albion thoroughly deserved to be three 0 up. They could have been five 0 up. In the end, they were lucky to win it. Yeah. They could have easily drawn it. Yeah, and that is extreme football. That really is. I mean, it doesn't. I don't think it gets much more extreme than that. No, no, you, you, you're right. Um, I'd, I'd say as well, it does show just how much momentum can have an effect on a, on a game of football because it was all going Albion's way until until that first goal and the moment they got it it really visibly lifted Luton um, and to be fair to them they were backed by a pretty noisy away end as well which I, th- I think if there were no fans in grounds I don't think even if they'd have scored that first goal I don't think they would have pulled it back and threatened the same way they did with fans there um, but you, you could sense the nervousness in, in Albion as well and and the fans kind of you know, echo that as well. So it's it's an interesting dynamic. I've kind of picked out five star performers from the game, though, from an Albion side. Do you want to hear them? I always want to hear your your star performers, my friend. So the first one, and I don't think I don't think many people would have picked this guy out. I've gone for Sam Johnson as my first one, uh, just because I think he did really well to recover from what was a really worrying incident, and he was getting a lot of stick for it, particularly from the fans who were directly behind the goal, the Luton fans. Um, and the Albion fans were backing him, um, and it was going back and forth between them. But I think Sam Johnson did really well to recover from that because you can see, like he was at the time, he was, I mean, he was calling medics onto the field, and he was visibly upset. Um, but he did well to maintain his composure. Yeah, that, and it, that and he just he just came in for his first game of the season, having not played. You know, he, he played in the summer for England a little bit, but yeah, yeah, exactly. I, got, I mean, literally agree with every single word you said. I mean. There was there was absolutely nothing. It was a pure fifty fifty ball um, that he went with for Jordan Clark. It was awful the way Jordan Clark came away from that. It was it re- re- I mean it was distressing to see. I wasn't sure what to even tweet about it. I was like I, I was because they were such distressing scenes, and you don't want to. I don't know. It was just a bit. It just felt really weird. Mm. Um, and he was visibly upset. There's no doubt about it. And sort of Luton fans were fantastic, but people. You always side with your own, don't they? And I think people were criticising Sam. I mean, Nathan Jones said afterwards, "There's absolutely nothing. He did nothing wrong." I mean, I think everyone now, no, it was a pure fifty-fifty. But yeah, 
Yeah, I think he responded really, really well. I think, I think he played well. Look, his role has changed. It's as simple as that. Sam Johnston's role in under Ismail has changed. Mm. Um, he has got to be a sweeper keeper, um, and and he is going to have to um, come out and make those header clearances. He made two crunching sliding tackles in the first <laughs> half in, in quick succession. Um, he is going to have to be a very different goalkeeper this year, um, and it's going to be interesting to see that that development. Really, I think it's. Look, we all hope he's going to stay. We know he's in contract so I think it's a blessing that he's going to stay in terms of, obviously, everyone knows what a great goalkeeper I think he is. But he is good of his feet, Sam Johnston. Mm. Um, and that's massive in this system. Ismail is, isn't going to change. He's going to play with that high line every week. It's, it's just not going to be... It's just not going to change. Um, so... You're going to need a keeper who can sweep up, and you're going to need a keeper who's good of his feet. So it sounds crazy because Sam Johnston was, if he stayed, was always going to be massive this season. He's 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 probably become even more important. Yeah. Um, because he's 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 a tailor-made keeper, really, for yeah. Ismail's system. Yeah. Um, and that save he made, I think it was from it was from the lad who replaced Clark. He came on. I can't remember his name. His first yeah. name's Admiral. I don't know how to pronounce his surname. Um, but, I mean, it's a heck of a save, you know. Oh, yeah, really good. It was a really good reaction save, wasn't it? And that... that if that had gone in, Luton would have been at 3-2 with 10 minutes to play. In the end, when they got it to 3-2, they only had five minutes to play. Mm. Um, it was a huge moment. It was a huge, huge moment. Yeah. So, no. I thoroughly agree he was in the top five performers. Yeah, really big performance from him. Um, two defenders now. Well, I say defenders, I mean... Darnell Furlong is playing wing back, um, and Matt Clark. I, I thought both of them were really, really good. Um, Furlong, I mean, his long throws were a problem all day. I mean, we saw it straight away. Um, the, the Naismith own goal. I don't know what Naismith's doing, but it's a fantastic long throw. Uh, and Matt Clark just looks absolute quality, doesn't he? Yeah, he was, I thought Matt Clark was good. Very. <clears throat> yeah, I thought Matt Clark was good, mate. The only reason why I'm not going to wax lyrical about Matt Clark is I don't think Albion were put under an awful lot of pressure until mm. he came off. Um, I thought he played very well. Do you think um, that showed his quality, though? Personally, I don't. I think there's a lot of... Look, everyone listening to this will know that, basically, Kenneth Sahor didn't have a great game. Um, yeah. And Albion were really poor in, those, in that 20-minute, half-an-hour spell. It coincided with Zahor coming on and Shemi Ajayi coming on. I personally don't put any of the blame on Shemi Ajayi. Mm. Um, I just think he was he's a victim of circumstance, really. Um, I think that by that time, other, I think the team had gone, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think the team had gone. And uh, Look, I haven't seen enough of Matt Clark yet. For me, Shemi Ajayi is such a good player um, that... And I absolutely think he can play in this system. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think it's... I, don't, I thought Clark was good. It was a really good debut. It would have been a great debut if he scored. He had, and he looked a real threat. Mm. A real threat from set pieces. He had two opportunities in the first half. He certainly looks like he's going to play every week based on that performance. And I'd be more than happy to him. But, yeah, I think he did well. Um, but we'll see what he's like when he's tested a little bit more. He'll yeah. probably be tested a bit more tomorrow night. Um and I thought Darnell Furlong first half was Albion's best player. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the throw-in. We got a great angle of the throw-in. 
and when he launches it, it's almost like a little bit of a knuckleball at times. Like it's 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 almost moving in the air. Yeah, it's got some like swerve on it, hasn't it? I mean, God only knows what that Cal Naismith was doing. I mean, it's just he's just not he's just got to edit it away. I mean, how he edits it in his own net is bonkers, really. But well, it set the tone, didn't it? That was a bonkers moment, and then <laughs> that was minute five, and the and the. And the other sort of 100 minutes that followed were absolutely crazy as well. Yeah, they were. Um, and then the final two I've got um, are the midfield pairing, Alex Moe and Jake Livermore. Um, Moe, a man possessed in that midfield, and Livermore, was it was just a classic classic Jake Livermore showing, I thought. Livermore in particular was brilliant first half. Um, Moe was my man of the match. Um, I think some, it was one of the... Go some on, of his sorry. deliveries were, were really good as well, Moe. Like I think, I think it, nobody sort of knew who to give man of the match to when when it finished because it was such a strange game. But for me, it was Moa. Um, one because of the set piece deliveries, which are frankly ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean, they are horrible to defend against. Um, and secondly, because he kept going. Wow, he kept going. Mm. It, the big, the biggest thing. As, as bad as Albion were in, in that 30 minute, 20 minute spell, whatever it was, I thought Carl Bartley and Moa in the last five minutes, with five minutes to go with the score 3 2, I thought Moa and Bartley were immense. Mm. Absolutely immense. They really, really stood up. People talk about game management, nous. For me, I don't, I don't know how old Carl Bartley is off the top of my head, but. That was the difference between having him there and a defender who was like 22, 23. He yeah. absolutely knew what to do. Uh, I, I don't, I, in, in the rest of the game, he didn't really stand out to me. But in that five minutes when Albion really needed a calm head and they really needed one, um, he, I thought he stepped up fantastically. Um, and Moa as well. Just everyone on that pitch exhausted. And he just kept going. Kept going. I thought he was fantastic. He's a brilliant signing. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, on a free as well. I mean, I know, I know, no free transfer is absolutely free. But I mean, Christ Almighty, what a signing! What a um, signing! Thinking of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re- to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 Shall we get on to questions? Yes, mate, we are being quick today, aren't we? You are busy. I'm, I'm going to go with a lot of questions, partly because I had about four minutes to um, plan this podcast, so I was, I was banking on on our, our wonderful listeners giving us content. Um, but also because, you know, sometimes it's nice to get a load of questions in. <laughs> yeah, no, the questions are the best bit, I think. 
Yeah. Um, you do this every week. This is better than your. This is better than when you put all the breath in. Oh well. well, well. <laughs> From now on, I won't prepare. Um, do you know what? Just quickly, quickly. Go on. My missus was listening to the podcast yesterday, and she says I'm mean to you. She says I'm too mean to you. You're mean. Or... She says I'm too mean to you. Yeah. She says I need to be nicer to you. Give me a for instance. Did she give a for instance? Oh, it was on the, she was listening to the bit. You know, last week where we were talking about the websites that that I don't like. That um. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that I say you sold, you sold. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. That's fine. And, I, and, I was, and then she was like, you're too mean to him. You need to be nicer to Luke. You need to be nicer to Luke. I was like, ah, really? He's fine. He can handle it. I think I think that's part of the, the enjoyment. <laughs> I think everyone loves a little bit of a digging. <laughs> I'll tell her that. I'll tell her you enjoy the digging. Yeah, well, I think not, it's not that I enjoy it. It's just that I think the listeners do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for example, at the start of this episode, you digging me out because of wearing a white jumper. With blue stripes. Now I can never wear that white jumper again. With no, you, you there. Can't, no, no, you can't. I wonder what combination. You'll, you'll wear a yellow t-shirt um, on, on tomorrow night, won't you? No, I know what I'm wearing tomorrow night. <laughs> You're going to hate it. That was said ominously, mate. Yeah, yeah, because I've got it all planned in my head. You'll, you'll, you won't like it at all. This is, how, this is what the stage you're at now. You have to plan your outfits because you're just... Because you yeah, know if you don't that you're going to look like an Albion fan. Otherwise, things explode on Twitter and I, I get, just get accusations sent my way. Um, all right, Tom Preston asks the first... I mean, he's asked four questions. Greedy. Uh, greedy, but I like it. I like his I like his thought process. One, any closer to a striker. Two, are we reliant on Snodgrass for midfield cover when the inevitable su- su- suspension sorry, of Livermore and Mowat occur? Three, how did Castro perform last night? Does he look ready to step up? And four... The defensive frailties in this league look evident. Okay, you're gonna to have to go a bit slower for me when we get right. What was the first one again? Any closer to a striker. So the boring answer is I don't know. Um, in terms of, it's a really this is this podcast has been difficult to record this week because you were off yesterday. Mm. I'm off on Thursday. Mm. We've got an Ismail presser today at yeah. one thirty. We've got obviously Sheffield United tomorrow. We've got Ismail Presser on Friday, yeah. and obviously we've got Blackburn on Saturday. So everything is happening. It's hard for us to stay relevant, really, um, on top of But the, the striker situation, I can only give my opinion um, at this moment in time. Look, we know that we know Albion want a striker. That That, that is absolutely 100% cast iron. Mm. We know they've got a shortlist of targets. We know two of the names on their list of targets uh, Daryl DK and Liam Delap. Yeah. Has anything changed from when we asked Ismail on Friday to as we record this today? Uh, the truth is, we haven't really had the opportunity to ask him. We will ask him today, so there'll probably be a story on that tomorrow. In my opinion, something has changed, and and that is, this is basically. Um, I, I really, really hope. Kenzo Hall doesn't listen to this podcast, but he did struggle. Yeah. He, he did struggle when he came on. Um, and tellingly, um, Ismail was asked at a press conference. No, sorry. Yeah, Ismail was asked at a press conference. I don't know if it, I think it was last week or the week before. I can't remember. Yeah. About, about Kenzo Hall and the, is he in the plans this season? And he said that, he said that initially he wasn't in his plans, that basically didn't. when he got to the club he had reservations about whether he could play at his intensity. Then he said, 
over the last 10 days, this was leading up to the Blues friendly and after it, that it basically Zahor had really imp- impressed, really improved in training and, and he was basically going to be considered as a squad player this season. I mean, he's played in both games. Yeah. Let's not forget that. He came on at Bournemouth, he came on against Luton. Um, <clears throat> now, what, what Ismail said, in tra- and this is the key thing when talking about Zahor, was that in the Championship... You need a striker like Kenneth Sahor. Mm-hmm. You need a big, strong centre forward, a target man type, if you like. Um, he said you need that player. Zahor hasn't done it. Yeah. Um, so far, we have been pr- probably too mean to him on this podcast. We're not about being mean, but that that performance when he came on, what? wasn't a performance to me who's someone who was given absolutely everything to remain at the football club and fight for their place. <clears throat> everyone has bad games. Everyone has bad games. Maybe we can put it down to just a bad <clears throat> game, but this is a player who was signed a long time ago and, and his Albion career hasn't kicked off at all. For me, if I was this male, I'd have wanted a striker before the game. I'd have wanted one even more afterwards. Yeah. Um, Callum Robertson has done brilliantly he's definitely an option there this season two goals in two games he's done fantastic so Hall's performance was a real worry yeah I don't want to hammer the guy I really really don't um, but the ball just kept coming back nothing stuck to him yeah it wasn't um, <clears throat> it was it was exactly the opposite performance they needed when someone was coming on um, and I do have some sympathy for him because, like like with you not blaming Ajayi, I don't particularly blame Zahor. Um, I don't think it, it. I don't think he helped, but I don't think he was the, the main reason for for Abin struggling afterwards. And it must be hard to come into a game when the intensity you're asking for is at such a high level, going from just warming up on the sidelines to actually putting in, you know, the the type of performance you need to under Ishmael. It must be tricky, but <clears throat> you're right. He didn't hold the ball up. And that was the, the minimum that you ask of him, um, really. Um, considering his size, his athleticism, the, the obvious, his obvious build, um, that's the type of player he really should be. And unfortunately, he wasn't that. Um, I mean, I really don't want these quotes anywhere else because I am battering him. I don't want them like... Uh, I really, I just want them for this podcast. I don't even understand Kenneth Zaha. I want on this podcast, but I, I don't. Uh, it's difficult this one because I'm tra- keep saying I don't want to hammer the bloke, and I genuinely, genuinely don't. But if we if we go with what Ismail says, and the main reason for the drop off in performance was the break in play, if we accept that, if we all just accept that now, and we just don't challenge it, we'll just go. Ismail knows he he knows Val Ball better than anyone. Yeah. The main reason for the drop off was because of that. And we all hope that is the case. Zahor's performance, you, you, I said I don't blame Ajay. This, I still put some blame on Zahor. Mm. Because he, for me, he didn't compete. Yeah. There were times when he, there was times when he lost headers to a defender that was significantly shorter than him. And he lost those headers because he didn't jump. Yeah. And look, this is a battering. There's no doubt about it. I've never spoke about it. I, it's awful. I really don't want to do it. Like, I really, really don't want to do it. But I just... You need you need 
Albion were coming under so much pressure and they needed an outball and they mm. needed I tell you they needed an outball and they didn't get it from him um and that's frustrated me it really has I, was, I don't want to just it's, I just just move on cuz I really look there's nothing I would like more than for Kenza Hall to turn things around have a stormer against Sheffield United tomorrow night and score 20 goals and and fire Albion to the Premier League there's absolutely genuinely I'd be so happy for him I'd be so happy for all of us but that performance worried me. Mm. Um, and I think most people, I don't know, I feel like I'm being really harsh on the lad, but I don't know how else to say it. I, 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 just, I just don't know how else to say it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, are we reliant on Snodgrass for midfield cover when the inevitable suspensions of Livermore and Moa occur was, was Tom's second question. Well, there's a, I mean, it, the word inevitable has never been more apt. No. Because those suspensions are inevitable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so I didn't go to in the 23 game last night. The Express and Star as a company don't tend to cover under 23 matches. Um, so, I mean, it isn't helpful I could have gone, but it would be on my own time. I've got two kids and needed to put them to bed. So it's, it's tricky for me. Um, from what we understand, Snodgrass played central midfield last night. Um, mm. Did well by all accounts. Ismail was asked about Snodgrass last week. He did hint at the multiple positions for him, but central midfield is one of them. Um, central midfield is a real concern for me. Yeah. Um, I think we need a central midfielder. Look, what I would say on central midfield is Albion did want Trevor Chalaba. They did. I mean... He's gone on and is now scoring worldies for Chelsea and he's done absolutely fabulously well, which is in one way encouraging because it shows that Ismail could see what a good player he was and, and, and wanted to bring him in. Yeah. Um, but look, that's, that one's over now, isn't it? Fair play to him. He's gone back to Chelsea and forced his way into their team. So we know it's an area they've been looking into. Could Adam Reach do a job there? Maybe. Could, Maybe. Kevin Castro. There's a story on the website today about Kevin Castro, about how impressed Ismail's been with him. Um, basically said it's gonna, you're going to have to be patient with him, but he will say, he did say that Castro will play this season because he wants to test him, basically. Yeah. He wants to, he wants to know that he's right, that what he's seen in, in him is actually true. So I think Reach is an option there. I think Snodgrass is an option there. Castro will get minutes there. Phillips is an option as well. Phillips is an option there. You're right. I mean, Matt Phillips is literally Mr. Indispensable to this squad. Mm. He's literally cover for everywhere, it feels like. Um, for me, Albion need a central midfielder. They need, they need a central midfielder. They need someone behind. It's, it's really difficult because you, you, need to, you need to see the people in these positions. So, like, obviously, Robert Snodgrass is a fabulous footballer and is... is well, it will probably excel in the championship, you'd have thought. Like, he's he's a very good player. But can he do that for 90 minutes? I genuinely don't know the answer to that because I haven't seen him try. Like, mm. I feel very comfortable with Snodgrass coming on for Livermore with 20 minutes to go and doing it. That seems fine to me. But 90 minutes? Yeah. Is Can he do it for 90 minutes? I, I genuinely... Like, I don't know. Like, I, I'd like... I'd be... I want to see it before I comment. So... Let's, a fortnight to go to the transfer window closes. I think it is genuinely two weeks today. 
Um, we know money's an issue. We know finances are tight. You never get everything you want as a manager. No. So, if you're only going to make two additions, for me, it has to be a striker and a central midfielder. Yeah. But I, I just, I genuinely hope they make those additions because, mm. in my head, then I think in my head they are needed. I, I, that said, having not seen Snodgrass and Reach and Castro in those roles yet, but personally, I think they're needed. Yeah. Not one, not not like it wouldn't be nice to have them. Like I, I, I think they're needed. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we'll move on to another question now. Cal Haywood, Dean Garner seems to be struggling at the moment. His final pass and touch is letting him down, and he's not beating his man as he always used to. Will we ever get the old Grady back? Also, what's the latest with Sawyer's? I think Grady has has looked sharp. Just things haven't quite come off for him. I think I think it's a matter of give him a couple more games, and the rust will come off, and he'll be fine. That's my personal viewpoint of it. I agree completely. I think there's been moments, hasn't there? There's been moments where, like, he's picked up the ball, he's run with it at pace, he's sort of, he has beat his man a couple of times. He does look he does look tricky, mm. but then he's seen everything, nothing seems to be coming off for him. It does, everything constantly seems to be breaking down. Um, so for that reason, like, I, I, I understand the question. I'm hoping, I well, not I'm hoping, I'm expecting that... That, yeah, basically it'll start to click for him. And also, once he gets an assist or a goal, it'll probably like sort of catch fire then, won't he? Yeah. Just that confidence that that'll bring to him. Um, I think that'll make a big difference to him. Yeah. Um, I'm expecting him to... I really am expecting him to be a star this year. Nothing, nothing in the first... I still think that after the two games. I think he will be fantastic. Yeah, well, I agree. Um, Dan Barnett. Oh, actually, go back quickly. He, um, Cal did mention Sawyer's as well. Yeah, Sawyer's is an odd one, really. So, asked Ismail about him on... It must have been last Friday. So, again, like, it's not long ago. Um, I think we're all still getting... I'm a, I'm a little bit getting used to being back in the Championship because there's so many more games, which means there's so many more press conferences. mm um, that it's everything. It's hard to know when things are asked, but f- things don't move as quickly as people think they do in football. So, yeah, the last time we asked Ismail about Sawyer's was Friday. So that is it's only like three days ago, really. Yeah. Um, at that point, he said basically it appeared like there wasn't a move close, and but well, that's how it came across anyway. And he said he was in contention for the. For the um, for the Luton game, he was training and he was in contention for the Luton game, and that mm. was it really. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, uh, he, I mean, we talked about central midfielders and we didn't even mention Sawyer's. Yeah. Um, I mean, that probably shows. Everyone knows I'm a Remain Sawyer's fan, but I mean, I think I think he's he's not he's not he's not an Ismail player. No. Um, I, I personally, I expect him to leave. I, I, if it, if I was a better man, he'll leave on loan. I wouldn't yeah. surprise to see him join another championship club on loan for a season, which would then effectively that would be his album career over, really, because he's out of contract next summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, next one comes from Dan Barnett. 
there's a lot of room for improvement in Val's way of playing. Thought our style of play was erratic at times and players looked visibly wrecked in the second half. Does Val have another or better way of playing or am I going to be biting my nails all season? Dan, I think you're going to be biting those nails, mate. All season. All, all season long. All season long. I think it doesn't help that that game was so... Ext- I think, I think we, did, we generally did have an extreme game for game two. Yeah, of this man. I think I think, and that hasn't helped. But I mean, we came away from Bournemouth going that was exhausting to watch. Um, I think I think Bournemouth will be more the template than um, Luton. Luton. I do think, and I said this on the podcast before. I do think Albion are going to blow t- blow a lot of teams like Luton away. Mm. But we did say this. Like I, anyone who's sort of twelve or below, I expect them just not to be able to live with Albion and. and I've been said that a couple of times on the podcast. After 60, 65 minutes on Saturday, I was feeling like very smug. I was like, this is genuinely what I thought would happen. Mm. Albion's intensity. Luton are a decent side, but decent's not going to be enough against Albion this season. They're going to blow those decent teams away. Obviously, then what happened was a complete shock to everyone. Um, but what, what has become clear from speaking to Ismail is he is absolutely has absolute faith in this system mm. this is how he wants this is he's not going to change um it is it is valuable i mean i write an analysis piece on in the paper on a monday of the game and i can't remember something like basically professional football in in england started in like 1885 or something. I can't remember what actual year it was, but it's like it's like 1880 something. Yeah. Mm. Well, I've read loads of books on like tactics and like Michael Cox's stuff, and, and basically, you can't reinvent the wheel. You can't re- like Bielsa's not reinventing the wheel. Someone at Barcelona did it in the 1970s. Like you can't. You basically there's all the ways of playing football has pretty much been done. You, yeah. You, you just can't like ticker tacker Pep Guardiola whatever. It's only what like. The Dutch were doing the Ajax, and what you can't really, you can't really reinvent the wheel. But Ismail's given it a damn good go. Yeah, I mean he is giving it a damn good go. This is, I mean it's, it's it's so it's so intense. He's taken a high press and, and turned the dial all the way up to eleven, hasn't he? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Like Gagan, if like, yeah, Gagan press, like you think it's um. Yeah, yeah, he he's just he's just absolutely ramped up, ramped it up. That's a great way of putting it. Um, and I've never seen any. I genuinely don't. I, I genuinely don't think there is another manager playing like this. No. Um, Bielsa's obviously a bit different and does things his own way. He's got that four-one-four-one system or whatever it is, and three, which turns into a three-three and all that. That is very unique. Um, but to me. Ismail's almost as unique as Bielsa. It feels like he's, he's heading in that direction yeah. um, because this is a different. This football is different, um, and it's weird because it's so direct, but it's so entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great game for yeah. the neutral. Not for your blood pressure. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really not good for your blood pressure. No. Um, this is the type of question I love. 
Oh, it's gone down now. Things have gone down now. Sol says, thoughts on this chicken burger from the local boss <laughs> man. <laughs> I just saw that, actually. That is hilarious. I am looking at it, and that is a horrendous chicken burger. That is awful. <laughs> oh, I'm going to retweet it after the podcast, and if I forget, please remind me. Someone. Yeah, I can't believe they served that to me. Oh, that is grim. Is that yes. cheese? Oh, no. It looks like they've got the bun, pull it in their hand, squished it as hard as they could, and then just pull it on top. It genuinely looks like they've put it, like, like they've made it perfectly, put it in the box, and then stamped on the box. <laughs> and then handed it to him. Sol, Sol, get your money back, mate. That you shouldn't is have absolutely... had to pay for that. That looks awful. That's tragic. Um, Chris Beardley Baggy, uh, do you think the energy levels dropped on Saturday because of the stoppage, or are we not quite fit enough yet? So that I mean, it is, we started the podcast by saying that basically that the God's honest truth is that is the million dollar question. <clears throat> that is the million dollar question, I, and and I almost don't think there's any point in me trying to answer it. Like I think we're we're going to have to find out in the games. Mm. It, it genuinely worries me playing tomorrow night. I mean, I, look, I am I am told, and I am assured that Albion are immensely fit. Through pre-season, he has got them incredibly, incredibly fit. I think everyone with any common sense... That has to be true, doesn't it? There's no way Ismail has come in and gone... Well, you just have to be fit. You just have to be supremely fit to play this way. So, there's no doubt they're supremely fit. But look, did they tire? I think so, if I'm honest. Yeah. Was that because of that stoppage... Ismail says it was. I'm happy to go with him at this moment in time. The answer to the question, we're going to know in the next two to three games, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we'll be an extreme. I don't know. It's weird because I, I, I'm not. I genuinely believe this is a different type of football. So I'm sat here thinking, like, I'm glad we're playing on Wednesday, not Tuesday. Yeah. Because it took so much out of us on Saturday. I think the extra day is good. I'm saying that in August for game three. <laughs> it's game three. I'm thinking about playing on Wednesday rather than Tuesday. I'm thinking about do we need to rotate on Wednesday? It's game three. Yeah. Like, we haven't even got to the end of the transfer window. I mean, but is that, but, but, but I don't know if I'm being extreme. Like, is that me being extreme? Like, I, I just, I just, I just. I, I genuinely don't know. I think we're all on a journey with Ismail and this style of play. I think we're all going to learn a lot from it. I think the big question is, is it sustainable? Mm. Is it sustainable? Um, and we're only going to know that in the games, aren't we? We're only going to know that by watching them Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Yeah. The only thing you can guarantee is it'll make 11 changes for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Give him a rest. For sure. Um, John, anything on rail seating plans been quiet since it was rejected, but loads of clubs have them up now. Yeah, so rail seating is what my mate does, Ali Jones. Um, And he's been literally all around the country um, doing that. um, From literally like Scotland to, I don't know if he's been to Southampton, but everywhere. Um, It's actually a West Bromwich company that does that rail seat in. They're all West Bromwich Albion fans. (laughs) Um, From what I understand is they have had contacts with the club, but I don't think there's anything close on that. Uh, I don't think it's a priority for Albion at the minute. Um, Personally, I think that's a shame. 
um, because I think it'd be good to have some rail seats in that. I've seen rail seats at Shrewsbury. Yeah. It, it were the first club to do it in the entire Football League, and I think they're brilliant. Um, so, yeah, hopefully... It's interesting because an awful lot of clubs have done it, just as, as, as the chap in the question said. So, um, I think there's probably a lot of clubs, probably Albion included, that are looking at how that's going to go before they make their move. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. So, yeah, ho- hopefully that won't be um, too far off. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, Ian Millington, have the club made any statement regarding the issues regarding booking match tickets? No, I'll bring that up again today. I'll see what's going on with that because there does seem to be real issues with that. Mm. It's not great. Uh, Scott WBA, if you could take one player from another championship club right now and put him straight into our squad, who would it be and why? The catch is it can't be from Sheffield United, Fulham or Bournemouth. That's made it much harder. Can't be. I'm going to say the guy I literally always say, Lewis O'Brien at Huddersfield. I've literally never heard you say his name before in my life. Well, that goes to show you how much attention you pay to this podcast and what I say on this podcast. Um, give me key for more. You say that's just stealing my shout from like last week. That is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say like Mitrovic or or someone like Brooks, and then he, he added that catch. Um, yeah. So Lewis O'Brien, I've. For, for multiple times in this podcast, not just this season, but last season as well, if Luke was ever paying attention. I always pay attention. Well, you've not paid attention to this. I'm sure this is a lie. Um, yeah, I've said multiple times, I think he's a good player. Would love him at Albion. I think he's, he's, a, I mean, he's a proper box-to-box central midfielder. So for this system, absolutely perfect. He's going, oh, I, mean, I remember. Oh, the pennies drop, doesn't yeah. it? He yeah. claims. I mean, he's, apparently he's going to Leeds. Leeds and Palace are in for him. Mm. Um, so, should have... I mean, I was saying this 18 months ago, really. So, head of the curve again. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, he'd be my one. Followed by Kiefer Moore. Yeah, my suggestion. My suggestion from last week that you've pinched. <laughs> Ethan, uh, this one's for Luke. What's the capital of Peru? The capital of Peru is Lima. He Googled it. I did not. I knew that Mate, one. I'm going to have you back here. I'm absolutely sure you didn't Google it. I, no, I didn't Google that whatsoever. He's absolutely outstanding at, at Capital Cities. What we should do is, this will be a good game. Go on. You know when you go and do like your fan videos? Yeah. And you keep coming back to me saying how, how recognised you are and what a big celebrity you are. I don't, I don't say that. I don't say that. What <laughs> well, I said was... It's I not said, far off, Luke. No, it's not what I said at all. I got back into the Hawthorns and I, I kid you not, four or five fans who didn't want to talk to me on video, by the way, just came up and said, shame about the villa, that kind of <laughs> stuff. And, oh, I come back, I say that to Joe Massey, and he's like, you love it, really? I was like, why would I love someone like, goading me about my, t- my, my, my true it. team? You love the fame. You love the fame. Instead of, so, I mean, there probably won't be many games where Villa win this season. So if you want to go up to Luke and say, oh, shame about the Villa, I would encourage you to do it if Villa have lost. <laughs> but if Villa have managed to scrape a result that week, just go up to Luke and ask him what the capital city of somewhere is. Just random countries, just go up to him and say, what's the capital of? And I guarantee you, I actually guarantee you, nine times out of ten, he'll probably get it right. You are very good at capital cities. 
Is it? Yeah, this is the only time you're being kind to me. <laughs> is, this, is this the only part of the podcast my wife will like? Yeah, she'll love it. Um, you're brilliant at capital cities. Oh yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm proud of my capital city knowledge. Um, Mr. Dead 2012, which is a weird Twitter handle, asks, not sure what the state of our scouting networks network looks like these days. I remember under Pulis it was reduced. Um, Any word on the scouting network? I haven't really, if I'm honest. One to come uh, back to. Yeah, I mean, they've got... A, yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't really, I don't really know anything about Albion's scouting network, to be honest. Not many people do know about scouts, really. No. I mean, it might be it might be a good feature, that, you know. Yeah, article idea. I think that's a good... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good, good little feature one day. For maybe like an international break or a close... I think that's, yeah. How does it work? How's Albion scout players? Careful. I, I've got a feeling Steve Madley would love that idea for the Athletic. Oh, he'd love that for the Athletic, oh, yeah. Oh, he would. We've got, we've got a voice this now. He's this on is... annual leave at the minute. We might have got away with it this week. He yeah, might he, might, he might listen, though. He might listen. This is that an is... Express and Star feature idea, Steve. <laughs> before you get any bright ideas. <laughs> he's having it, isn't he? Oh, he's, He'll 100%, do it next week. he's 100% nicking it. Yeah. Um, Ian Griffiths, is it going to be last-minute loans again this season? Um, potentially. Um, That's not necessarily a bad thing, though. It's not necessarily... Look, if, if one of those loans is Dowd AK or Liam Delap, then I don't think it's a bad thing in terms of no-one's going to buy Liam Delap, like Man City never going to sell him. And Dowd DK, if he comes in, it'll be with the proviso to buy him if Albion go up to the Premier League. So I don't think those two things would be a bad thing. I get the sort of loanies Albion have had in the past that have been sort of stopgap fillers, probably, like squad fillers, really, just to sort of get them from window to window. But I don't think, I don't think that is the, I don't think that's the right, the plan or really now. Um, I think Ismail's way of playing is so unique and so I think he will just have his shortlist of players that he believes can do the job and yeah anyone on that would always almost be signed with a, with a, with a longer term vision really I mean he's got a four year contract I don't know look money is tight look, look Pereira's gone we know Pereira's gone but Johnston hasn't mm. We know they're in the market for players. We know there's funds available. How much, we don't know. But it could be, like, DK's going to, if DK joins on loan, it's going to be an expensive loan. Yeah. It's going to be a very, very expensive, it's going to be a signing, basically. Because you could, you could probably buy a very good player for the, for the fee you'd have to pay to get DK on loan. So, I understand the question. I understand people don't necessarily like loans, but, doesn't necessarily show a lack of ambition um, if they if they are loans. Yeah. Uh, you just look at some of the players they've had in online before. Had Dwight Gale, did fantastic. Harvey Barnes, did fantastic. Yeah, no one's got a problem with loans like that, have they? No. Um, it's, Obviously, it's... you'd like to keep them at the end of it, but sometimes you just... You can't do that. Particularly if you're in the position I'll be in and they haven't got buckets and buckets, loads of money to spend. And they are a championship side at the end of the day, so... The loan market, getting good players out of the Premier League on loan, is a very, very useful tool. Yeah. Um, Grady Dean Garner 
for example. Like you do get these players who are just who are Premier League talents but can't get in at their clubs for whatever reason at that moment in time so yeah I think when you're in the championship as well you've got to look to exploit the Premier League loan market mm. but yeah maybe yeah. who knows two weeks to go we will see right okay um, this week Sheffield United Blackburn they're never really a proper break in the championship is there Joe? it's never a break it's I mean, I love it, to be honest. I just love the games. So, mm. 46 games is a win for me. I'd make the Premier League 46 games. I mean, I'd be on my own in supporting that. But, yeah, I love it. I love midweekers. I love night games. I just love games. Um, so, yeah, Sheffield United. Very, very, very interesting, I think. Um, very, very interesting side. Like, this is a team that, look, 14 months ago, finished ninth in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, that's quite an achievement, isn't it? Yeah. And, and 14 months ago isn't that long, um, really. The, the squad isn't drastically different from the team that finished ninth, ninth in the Premier League. Um, a lot of the players achieved that. Last season, obviously relegated bottom of the table. They had some really bad injuries. I, I think they went down for two reasons. I think Chris Wilder's system got found out slightly in the Premier League. Everyone knows I'm a big, I was a big Chris Wilder fan. I championed him getting the job initially. Mm. I think he did need a plan B. Yeah. Um, and I think they got found out slightly. Injuries absolutely smashed them. Yeah. I mean, they had really bad injuries last season. So I think second season syndrome, Wilder being found out slightly, combination of injuries essentially completely derailed them. And they finished bottom of the league, came back down again after an outstanding first season. Yeah. They have got good players. They've got some really, really good players. It appears that Jukanovic has sort of ditched Wilder's 3 5 2, which is very interesting for me because they were ingrained in that system. So, like Albion, really, it's a new manager, a new way of playing. I think they've played 4 3 3 in their opening games so far. Yeah. Um, but they've got good players, Chris Basham, John Egan, Norwood continuous, continuously wins promotion from this league. Flex, a brilliant central midfielder. Uh, Rian Brewster should score goals in this league. I mean, he did for Swansea. He was a very, very good player for Swansea on loan. Yeah. So David McGoldrick's a good player. Lee Smoose. Lee a good player, yeah. Um, it's interesting because there's absolutely no doubt about it. They are in complete transition. They are... They are completely changing from... It's, it's very... It's very I like Albion, really. They, they are in transition. There's obviously an issue with the goalkeeper. Um, Ramsdale, wanted by Arsenal. From what... I would know absolutely nothing about it, really. But according to reports, he's very unhappy that that move hasn't materialised. If I was him, I think that's perfectly understandable. Yeah. Although I do think Arteta is a complete myth. Yeah, I agree. Um, so... We got a side with a manager. We're coming up against a side who's won, with a manager who's won two promotions from this level already. You know, he, he is a very successful championship manager. It's a team that's got good players, like good, good players, but they are in transition. They are finding their feet. So if you're going to play them, I'd rather play them now um, than 15 games in. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be a great game, I think. 
could go could go either way. I'm slightly concerned that Albion are going to be that Luton took a lot out of Albion, mm. which I do think is strange to be saying that after just two games. Um, the other point I want to make very very quickly is two games into the championship, not a single team has a hundred percent record. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, you think one out of um, out of all the teams would have, wouldn't you? You think, so yeah, what, not one team has managed to win back-to-back games. I mean, it's absolutely remarkable this league. Mm. Um, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a great competition. Um, even if the quality isn't as high as the Premier League, that the actual competition is so much better. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean. It's one of them. For me, it's one of them. It could go either way. Genuinely, for me, the first five games, probably the first ten, are, are a learning curve. I want to I wanna learn about this system, about Ismail, about this team. Because mm. um, I feel like we are learning about it. I feel like it's so unique. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Pro- probably the, one of the toughest... Well, it is, without doubt, one of the toughest tests I've been allowed this season. Yeah, for sure. Right, we'll have um we'll have preview videos for both games. So there'll be a preview after Ishmael's press conference today and there'll be one uh, before the weekend's trip to Blackburn as well. Anything else to add, mate? No, mate, I know you're absolutely desperate to get off. You're bang on an hour. Yeah. Bang on an hour. You've See, done well. Sticking to times, mate, sticking to times. We've got a, got all, we're all a little bit busy today. It's funny um, how we stick to times when you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I'm the host, mate. I control. I control. I control the direction want, of this it? podcast. Exactly. Uh, as always, if you could give us a rating review, there've been a couple great ones this week. Um, they're always massively appreciated on on whichever platform you happen to listen to us on. They'd be greatly appreciated. Um, and as always, if you know an Albion fan who doesn't listen to this podcast and you think they might enjoy it, then please feel free to pass it on. Um, you never know; they might like it as well. Uh, but from me, I'm from Joe. Fond farewell for now.